the Women Like You podcast would like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional owners of the land we walk on. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Since my transplant, I've done six triathlons. Six? Six. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Fuck me. That's incredible. (laughs) Six. (gasps) Oh. Okay, okay, yeah. It's Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Sarah and I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And I'm Gab, I'm an audio producer and journalist and it is a uh, wet, rainy, thundery night in Sydney at the moment so you might hear some very interesting sounds in this this (laughs) episode. But I want to introduce you to someone really special. I first met Emmy when we were at uni studying drama. And the first thing I noticed about Emmy was her incredible smile and the most adorable dimples on both of her cheeks. Mm. She's the sort of person who lights up a room. Now, after uni, I followed Emmy on social media as she travelled the world, got married, had two gorgeous children. She's an amazing photographer and digital content creator, and she's recently gotten into triathlons, literally building her fitness from scratch. But, you know, since our carefree uni days, Emmy's also had to deal with chronic illness of living with kidney failure, dialysis treatments twice a week for years, and eventually a kidney transplant. And it's this experience that kickstarted Emmy's fitness journey. Emmy, we are so excited to have you on the Women Like You podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here too. And thank you for that lovely introduction. Oh, I I want to see these dimples. (laughs) Seriously, like just a knockout, absolute knockout. They're the best. So Gab and I are exercise sloths from way back. and, uh, And I wondered if you could take us back to your early childhood and early teen years. What was your relationship to exercise like when you were growing up? I was really into sport growing up. Primary school, high school, did all the sports, cross-country captain in year 12, netball, volleyball, what touch, water polo. Like I literally overcommitted <laughs> in those, that sense. Like it was beyond ridiculous. But then as soon as I finished school and I started my first year of uni, I don't know if because I had done so much, I was a bit burnt out or a bit like I don't have to get up to go to cross-country training or I don't have to do netball. So whilst I saw girls around me from school joining uni teams and social netball, I just did not do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I probably became an exercise sloth. Well, well. Welcome, if it was only temporarily, <laughs> to our beautiful club. That's so, so funny you. because you, you are like the opposite of Sarah and I at high school. No, like PE yes. was my favourite sport and I didn't understand when people would be like, I can't do PE today because I have my period. <laughs> I, can't do, like, I didn't get those people. I just, I'll explain I, it to you later. Uh, <laughs> years, 
years and years of practice out of getting out of PE like, at high I school. Genuinely, <laughs> it was one of, besides drama, they were my two favourite subjects, drama and PE. I did start to get back into exercise when I was engaged because the whole wedge shred thing, which I just cringe at saying, but that was the reality. I did like the boxing class, you know, get into boxing. Um, and then I, and I feel like that that's a big part of, an unfortunate part of why I would exercise was this diet culture of I'm getting married, I need to lose weight for my for my wedding. Mm-hmm. Then I had a baby not long after we got married. We had um, my first son, Oliver, by the time our first wedding anniversary had occurred. Then it was all about now I need to lose the baby weight. Oh, so, yep. so I feel like there has been an unfortunate pattern in those adult years of of a societal wedding, lose weight, baby, lose weight, um, which I think is unfortunate and I will really hope that that doesn't happen for my own children. But, yeah, that that I've been reflecting on a lot lately too. Mm. Emmy, it's interesting um, you say that, yeah, you, you were a super sporty kid and super sporty in high school and, yeah, as Sarah and I have said on this podcast many a time, that was that, that's the opposite of our experience. Um, I didn't know this about you when we were at uni together, but Basically, you've lived with kidney failure since you were born, right? I, yes, yeah. When when mum mum had to have an emergency C section because the like as a baby I was in utero in distress, and when I was born I wasn't breathing and I didn't have a heartbeat, and so in the time took the doctors to resuscitate me, um, my kidneys essentially shut down and they didn't know it for a few days. Um, basically, my mum and dad were like, oh, she's gaining weight. This is amazing. But it was essentially my kidneys were shutting down and I was just holding fluid. Um, so it was, it. you know, my original referral from the paediatrician to my specialist who I still see today talks about how it was the, the long-term effects were very unknown whether or not I would have brain injury issues because of the lack of oxygen. So I guess I was very lucky to only have kidney issues, but essentially they shut down and they both became scarred. And so for my entire life, they sort of worked as one. And oh, wow. my creatinine, which was one level, a level that they use a lot to determine kidney function always sat over 100. Um, I think it was between like 114 and 113 my entire life. Um, And now post my kidney transplant, it's below 100. So it still is completely mind-blowing to me that I was able to function as a child and a teenager and a young adult at a level that was less, a level that was worse than what I have now. Mm. I still find that really just like, wow. Yeah. Um, how long did you actually put up with feeling like absolute shit though before you started on the dialysis journey? Well, it's funny because I think at most people who would have children would feel fatigued yeah. and I think you probably don't necessarily notice when fatigue from a chronic illness or from any kind of build up of fatigue because it builds up so slowly you Mm. just kind of get used to this being well this is your normal Mm. and so to be I'll be honest and say that I probably there was no moment where I was like oh I need to start dialysis now for myself personally I knew with my blood results that I was having with my checkups that it would be happening soon but I was walking with a, a really good friend of mine 
and now she's a really good friend. At the time, we didn't know her. It was first year of kindy and we were walking together and she retells this story that we're walking together to kindy and I literally sound like I have an ocean in my chest. <gasps> she's like, oh. she's like you're bubbling and gurgling and she's like, I could hear the fluid. And she, she's an intensive care nurse. So she was like, I think, how are you feeling? Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like a bit out of breath today. And she's like, <laughs> Yeah, I reckon you should see a GP today. Hey, and I was like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, maybe. my like, God. I do have, like, <sighs> I guess I do have, like, mild chest pain. Like, I probably don't feel great. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, went to the GP. He's like, go to hospital. Went to hospital. Like, all my levels were through the roof. Um, then I crashed. So then I went completely hypo or hyper, whichever one it was. And then it was just a real huge, you know, then I get, ambulanced to another hospital and it was all very dramatic and I was like this was not how I thought it was going to go and then that night the nurse came in again I had no idea and she's like oh you and by the way you're going to start dialysis tomorrow and I was alone like Greg was home with the kids and I remember being so completely petrified and I think the first you know the first month or so of dialysis were very hard because it obviously hurts <laughs> to have needles put in and then um, you can feel quite like quite unwell on the machine when you start. And I made the mistake of eating on the first day, which is apparently now no, not a great thing. So I did find that first month quite hard. It is definitely a blur. Um, and they say, they said to me, it will take nine sessions and you'll start to feel better. And I, it really almost was nine sessions and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I've got like way more energy than I had before. Like, oh, this is what it feels like to not wake up and like <laughs> be like Darth Vader. Like, you know, it was it was very unusual and I had seen the vascular surgeon and he had said to me, he's like, look, you do need to lose a little bit of weight. It will make getting the transplant it'll make you a more like likable candidate they the the hospital will love to see that you've lost a bit of weight and a lot of the weight I was holding was fluid Mm. Um, I did start losing weight once dialysis started because I wasn't going to the bathroom very much which can happen to a lot of patients in kidney failure um But he had said, you know, it would be great if you could start to try and lose a little bit of weight. So I had actually started swimming just before I started dialysis, but I'm talking it took me 30 minutes to swim eight laps. Like I would swim a lap and then I'd be like (gasps) Darth Vader again Mm. for a long time and then I'd swim another lap. So I did, I had started a little bit before dialysis. Then dialysis started and I probably took about six weeks to get into the groove and then I don't I don't to be honest I think it was just a little bit of um I probably didn't like being told I needed to lose weight I have always in the past been quite a inverted commas healthy weight um so I did in that in that conversation he'd actually talked about having the um gastric band I don't know if I'm saying that right but the surgery where they Mm. And I was a bit like, what? Like, no. We don't need to add more surgeries to my list right now. (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm just going to, I'll just eat. I'll see a new, I'll see a dietitian and I'll, you know, I'll just exercise. I don't like, no, I'm okay. Um, And so, yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know if it was a bit of like, there was this passion that I was like, I'm going to show this surgeon (laughs) that actually I can do this. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, I feel like that may have been the main motivating factor when I started, but that did change very quickly because I just started to feel so much better. And I used to have, I was swimming mostly at the start because that's quite gentle and, mm. you know, I still wasn't feeling great. Um, and I used to say, as I would swim, I'd have like a mantra where I'd be like, I am strong. I am not my kidney failure. And I would often say that to myself over and over. And I feel like the exercise started to give me an identity outside of being a mother and having kidney failure. And I just really liked the identity that I had as someone who was exercising. It made me feel really good. And I was starting to get more energy from dialysis, but honestly, also probably from doing exercise. <laughs> and my men, like I felt I didn't have any anxieties around dialysis or waiting for a kidney. I was very positive. And then I started adding in like a boxing class and yoga and started to do weights. And I think, but yeah, it was just a very slow, progressive buildup of what I was doing. But it, it was more about because it was making me feel good at the time. I was on dialysis for 26 months uh, in total. I think wow. I officially had my, like, interview to get on the transplant list after six months, but they do kind of start the wait time from when you started dialysis anyway. But by the time I had had that interview, I had lost around 10 kilos um, and I was doing like a lot of exercise and I remember taking in with me to my interview at the hospital like all the things I'd been doing and I was like and I do swimming and I do yoga and I had this like little and they were like yeah yeah cool but I almost don't think they believed me like they're like yeah yeah cool okay yeah she's doing <laughs> um, like it was kind of funny because then 26 months later when I got my transplant I was actually training for my first sprint distance triathlon so I <laughs> gone on to lose like I don't know I'd lost like 20 something kilos at that time but I was very fit and very muscly and very ripped and it was a little bit of a joke because the hospital were like oh you actually do triathlons like oh like everyone was like what you were about to do a triathlon and they were like we have to cut into your abs to put in a kidney oh my and they were God. like yeah, I guess the journey from when I'd first interviewed to before the transplant was huge and it's sort of like we had this joke amongst my friends that actually I was training for the transplant, not the triathlon mm. because like my body was, I was very fit and I'm sure that that did help my recovery post-transplant. But yeah, it was a very long 26 months, I'm not going to lie. There were definitely days and I shared a lot of that on my social media, days when you know, you'd find out that there was a kidney but it wasn't a good match or other people passing away in dialysis, um, other people getting kidneys who hadn't been waiting as long and you'd be like, this feels unfair but also trying not to be ungrateful. Um, obviously COVID was a huge, they stopped doing kidney transplants for a period. So there were definitely dark days and I really did not expect to be on dialysis for as long as I was even though you can never know how long you will be um the wait times have definitely blown out since the pandemic so oh, it was just was another there, legacy of COVID yeah. excellent yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> was there a time when you know during that during those 26 months was there a time that you ever started to think that you weren't going to get a kidney yeah definitely and mm. that was probably the biggest like I 
I was feeling great in the sense that I was doing a lot of exercise. I started, you know, obviously I started swimming and then built things up. I started going to F45, which I still go to and absolutely adore. Um, Incredible, seriously. But that was all because, like, in my head I'd always seen F45 as, like, this crazy, super fit, like you have to be. But Yes, exactly, but, exactly that, yes, which is why I'll never not, do it. <laughs> no, but it's for everyone. You just do what you can do and then you do a little bit more the next week. Like it's so a comment, like it honestly has changed my life in the sense it made me, I did not know that I could lift weights before I really did that. But everyone can lift weights. You just depend on what weight you lift, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone can do a squat. You might just do one squat while other people are doing 10. So I think that was a really, like that was like such a community that I was part of and still am part of and so it was incredible. Um, and then as I was building up that strength, then I was like, oh, I've always wanted to run the bridge to Brisbane. Why don't I run the bridge to Brisbane? Who cares if I'm on dialysis? So I ran the bridge to Brisbane and then it built on that and then I was like, I'm going to do another 10K run. So I did a trail run and then I was like, well, in high school I always wanted to do triathlons but I was never allowed. I'm going to do a triathlon. And so it just like it built and it just it gave me probably more than anything picking those events like Bridge to Brisbane, my first triathlon pink, then first triathlon. It gave me a focus point. Mm. Okay, I'm just going to get to this triathlon and I'm not going to worry about the transplant mm. and I'm just going to train for that point and then if I haven't had the transplant, I'll pick the next point. And so that having those like events, inverted oh, commas, gave me yeah. that purpose as well. Um, and then just in the, I'm trying to think, it was around August, September, literally in 2020, just before I actually got my transplant. They had said to me, my specialist had said that, you know, with COVID, it's very hard to get organs and your tissue typing is proving to be a bit of a mismatch and and I got to this point where I was like I genuinely don't think I'm getting a transplant and I just I tried to I was just like I'm done if I'm on dialysis I'm on dialysis I'm not going to let it stop me and so then I just focused on this sprint distance triathlon I'm like I'm just going to do that and when we were on holidays the time that I got my call for the transplant and I'd actually stopped taking my phone with me because that's the other thing when you're on a wait list you like if you don't answer your phone then you can't get the kidney you can't get yeah. the organ and so anytime the phone would ring and it would be a private number I'd be like oh my god but it was like at that point it had never <laughs> never been but so I actually stopped taking my phone for walks on these holidays because I was so convinced that I was not going to get a kidney anytime soon. And when they the my doctor did actually call, it actually came up on my Garmin and it was like <laughs> five in the morning and I've like looked and I was like, oh, my God, doctor's, my doctor's calling. And it was just really like, hello, and they're like, we think you've we think we've got a kidney and I was so calm like I honestly thought I was going to be so anxious and excited and um but I was so calm and I was like okay yep and he's like we'll call you back and I was like and I woke Greg up I'm like oh it was the call he's like the call I'm like the the call it was the call go have a shower and we'll head back to Brisbane because we're at the sunny coast and he's like do I have time for it I'm like yeah yeah you've got time like I was really chilled it was really weird and on the drive back from Brisbane um 
we we even stopped like the kids stopped to get maccas for breakfast because they were and i've gone in to the service station i oh, just two and got the kids breakfast like i was so chilled it was so weird um isn't it amazing the moments that i uh, like seared into your brain as well yeah like i i honestly i would not describe myself as a chilled person on a general level but in this moment i was just like okay and i just i think it's because i was really ready mentally ready physically ready and i just i was also i was so strong and so yeah it was very strange timing but beautiful timing at the same time my recovery was incredible like I was walking very quickly unfortunately um Gabs I'm sure you saw this on my Instagram but I unfortunately rolled my ankle and broke my foot <laughs> stepping on a seed oh what um, and at, you were at the hospital right yeah I was walking from <laughs> oh, one <no. laughs> like I'm laughing but like every oh, time I see God. those blue seeds I literally give them the finger I'm like <laughs> I hate you um so like I broke my fifth med and I had to be in a moon boot and so that probably in terms of like like getting back into exercise post-transplant was a little bit more delayed than I had hoped in my head. But um, as soon as I got the all clear, I was like on the exercise bike with my moon boot. I was back at, F- <laughs> <laughs> I was like back at F45 with my moon boot. Like, um, I don't get on the exercise bike without a moon boot. <laughs> I would have swam if I was allowed to, but like risk of infection post-surgery, you know, mm. you have to. Um, so, yeah, like I guess, uh, yeah, it just, I, 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 can't, I can't necessarily imagine my life without exercise now. And I say necessarily because I didn't realise how important moving was for me and probably mm. for everyone. And it doesn't need to be doing a triathlon or doing a big training session or doing a 45 it's literally just going for a walk for 10 minutes after dinner with your kids will well has for me I have seen how if I don't do something like that and then if I do it how much better I feel Mm, it's incredible does exercise feel different uh before and after a kidney transplant Mm. like would you treat your body differently it does actually you know it does and it's actually been harder than I thought getting back into it because when I was on dialysis, I think I used exercise as like a stress relief and like a I'm feeling empowered and I'm not my kidney disease and I'm just going to go like, you know, 100 miles an hour because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But post-transplant, I'm like, I don't want to smash out a burpee really fast because because actually we've had this. I've told you I love burpees. I know, Pre- you Yes. <laughs> Pre- <laughs> Pre-transplant, I loved burpees. Such a weirdo. <laughs> well, I'm on your team now because post-transplant, I just feel like that that slamming down on the ground, I'm like, I'm going to hit my kidney because mm. when you have a kidney transplant, they put it in the front of your, in the front of your stomach, not where your kidneys go. So it's, it's, you're not supposed to do contact sport, for instance, or you, it's not recommended if you're a kidney transplant recipient because your kidney is very close to the... I guess the surface mm. of your so burpees. I I feel like I hold back post transplant, and I feel like it made me realize that pre transplant and maybe even in high school, I would exercise. Maybe it was some form of like I'm gonna say again punishment or like pushing myself to prove something. But post transplant, it's been this real shift about it doesn't matter what those numbers on the scale say or it doesn't matter 
if I don't do 20 burpees in however many seconds because there's so much gratitude and kindness towards every part of my body that I I want to move to feel good and slamming into the ground with a burpee and potentially hurting the the organ that a complete random stranger gave to me when they passed away I don't want to hurt that so Mm. it has absolutely changed and it's I'm still trying to work out how to push myself for instance like in a triathlon in a safe way if that makes sense so yeah it's definitely changed and I'm probably still working working out exactly what that change might be but the one thing I know is that I feel so much better if I move. What was the first triathlon back after a transplant actually like? Uh, it, you know, it was actually beautiful because my son decided to do one. Well, we weren't doing it together, but we did the same event. He didn't do the swim. Um, he just did the run and the bike. Um, but he was like, yeah, I want to be there when you do your first oh, one. And, and oh, he, That's incredible. <laughs> it was amazing. I'm going to, like, he's not a sporty kind of kid and that in itself has been a challenge for me to understand that, oh, I've got a kid who doesn't like PE. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a Gab or a Sarah. That's who yes, you've got. <laughs> I do. Like, and, you know, I've, like, been like, let's do footy again this year for, like, four years. And this year he's like, no, I'm, it's just not my thing. I'm like, okay. Um, so that was this huge moment of, like, being so proud that he knew how important it was for me, so he wanted to do it as well. Um, and it just felt incredible um, even though it was only – it was a little one that I had – gone back to and I cringe that I've said that because when I say little one I always used to say to people oh I just do little triathlons and then I heard this great uh, I heard it on a podcast I can't remember which one but it was basically like well there's no like little triathlons there's just triathlons if you're doing a swim a bike and a run together it's a triathlon and you are a triathlete kind of thing and so I cringe that I just said little triathlon but yeah it was um yeah it was really special to to do it um that one but the one that was probably the most special was when I got to do that sprint distance that I had been training for before I had my transplant because I had never done that distance I then well, had I'm the a trans- complete novice when it comes to all of this triathlon talk <laughs> For for me, what what is a a in inverted commas little triathlon compared to what is a sprint triathlon? Okay, so a little triathlon would be, as an example, all different ones have different distances. But say a three hundred meter swim, maybe an eight to ten k bike and a two k run. Mm-hmm. Um, a sprint distance is a seven hundred and fifty meter swim, a twenty k bike, and a five k run. That's not okay. a sprint. That's a marathon. That's ridiculous. No, that's <laughs> not. Then they just go up and up and up and up to like you know Iron Man. And you like, did these. Well, you did these on dialysis with kidney failure, and you have done them since getting a kidney transplant. Yeah. Well, I never got to do the sprint distance. On oh dialysis, no! What a shame. And I had done all the others, and um, since then, since my transplant, I've done six triathlons. Six. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Sorry. <laughs> Fuck me, oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Six. <gasps> oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. I just, it's a really fun, like, it's kind of, I can't just, like a triathlon, I'm not part of a club or anything, I just do my own thing, but you meet so many fun people. It's just such a great 
I don't know. It really is. I think, and the first one I did was the triathlon pink series, and I'm pretty sure that's everywhere. But well, they would have something similar, and this that one was just women only, and like people were running in tutus, and you swam in a pool. Like, there's so many different levels and different types of events out there. I genuinely think it's very inclusive. If anyone wanted to be like, yeah, why not? Or join a team and do it as a team. Um, I think I just really have enjoyed the challenge of trying to do the three things after each other. Mm. And it, yeah, it seemed a bit crazy at times. Like there was once when I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, but this is actually fun. And I was like, that is a little crazy. But okay. <laughs> On that note, do you have any any other tips or tricks for other women who might be, you know, really struggling, you know, not with the not with the dialysis, not with the renal yeah. failure, but just really struggling to get out of bed each morning and get their get their two minutes, get their five minutes. What are some things that have kind of helped you build that habit and stick with that habit through the tough times? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you just have to focus on the current day that you're in because even if you project into the week and you're like, I'm not going to do it today, I'll do it tomorrow, oh, I'm not going to do it, okay, it's Monday, I'll probably do it Wednesday, I probably can fit in a swim. Like you start to tell yourself stories about why you're too tired right now and that you'll do it later in the week but you probably won't do it later in the week if you haven't done something today. It kind of like fuels it on, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. And and so I think the biggest thing is to just break it down into the day and be like, okay, I've got a really busy, say I've got really busy work, I've got to leave early. Even if you just got up five minutes earlier and just went through some sun salutations or just walked up your street and back, if you just did that instead of doing nothing, then the next day it might be easier to do a little bit more because you'll realise that actually I felt really good walking up the street. And you know what? Maybe you don't feel good because maybe you haven't gone for a walk for 10 years. Maybe that walk up the street is really, really hard. But you know that you've you're you're taking that step and you're doing yeah, you're doing something for yourself, I guess. So that would be my biggest thing is to break it down into a day just a day-by-day focus. And it just reminds me of during dialysis, I saw this incredible film um, called 100 Metres. It's a Spanish film based on a true story about a man who gets multiple, like, MS. Um, mm. And he ends up doing, he does Ironman. Like, it's amazing. Oh, but my God. He, he literally couldn't walk 100 metres. And I think, like, that's, like, a really powerful visual that like his first thing was like I'm just gonna walk 100 meters and then I'm gonna do the next thing and I think that that ties into that same I'm just going to do today Mm. and try not to project too much into tomorrow and at the same time don't stress if yesterday was a bad day because it's done so just today I love that don't stress if yesterday was a bad day it's done it's done (laughs) <laughs> Done, baby. Love it. Oh, Emmy, thank you so much. Um, no it's been an honor and a privilege to kind of follow your journey over the last, you know, well, pretty much since we left uni, but, you know, especially over the last few years, I, you know, I know how um, how hard it's been and how challenging and, and yeah, you're just seriously, it's so, it's it seems corny to say you're such an inspiration, but you are in that 
that that smile hardly ever left your face. You know, those dimples hardly ever disappeared. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just what you're able to kind of put out into the world and give to other people is is truly special. Um, so thank you so much for yeah sharing that with us all, and yeah for for jumping on the pod and and sharing some incredible stories with us today. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I hope I didn't ramble too much. (laughs) No, it was a pleasure. I could have chatted to you for hours more. (laughs) The Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our little pod. You can follow us on socials. Just search for Women Like You podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to leave us a review if you can. It's, it helps other women find our pod. And you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. And holy shit. <laughs> I need to get my act together. <laughs> oh, what an incredible woman. That was so good yes i literally could have spoken to her for another hour for hours and hours and hours yeah 100 percent. just so many takeaways there um so many kind of you know awesome practical things to think about um and just that idea of just moving your body you know because it feels good or finding ways to to move your body that feel good you know it's hard for us exercise sloths you know especially if you didn't grow up like emmy you know sporty and kind of getting into it um if you can just find ways that don't feel completely shit um and and you know focus on just doing one day at a time yeah little little bit little bit little Little bit bit each day. day yeah you can do it i'm gonna do a little bit tomorrow yeah i'll try it's all we it's all we ask. It's all we ask. I love you, my love. I love you too. Just as the uh, rain starts pouring down again at my oh, end. Oh man, <laughs> it has been torrential. <laughs> all right, let's do this again next week. Indeedy. Mwah. Mwah. Love you, bye. Love you too, bye.